the manufacturers that are walking into these meetings, selling their new products and new ideas and their commitments on being able to supply those with the resilient and agile supply chain, I'm going to be the one that gets the confidence from the retailers and I'm going to pick up the ads in the space and be the preferred partner. So we're advisors and we've been there on both sides and we can bring those conversations together. Welcome to the Future of Consumer and Retail podcast by SAP. With everything consumer products executives are doing to drive revenue with retail partners, today we're going to be exploring key solution areas to help you have meaningful conversations and maximize results in 2022. Paul, Harris, would you share a brief background in case listeners haven't heard you yet on the podcast? Yeah, sure, Matt. Thanks for having us. Hi, everyone. My name is Paul Larson. I'm an industry executive advisor for consumer products for SAP and spent a lot of time in the CPG industry, 35 plus years and member of FMI and and really love the event and really look forward to talking with all of you today about the upcoming event and how we all get prepared to make that a successful show. And joining from Atlanta, Georgia, I am Harris Fogel. I lead SAP's Consumer Products Business Unit and, like Paul, have been in the industry close to 35 years, both on the manufacturer side and the enterprise software side, and really focus personally on the front office sales and marketing solutions. And I'm really excited to be here today. And as Paul mentioned, excited to be with the industry at the FMI Midwinter Show in Orlando coming up soon. Yeah, thank you both so much. And I guess let's just jump right in. So what do you feel is the most top of mind right now for consumer products executives? Well, most top of mind for me, and I think for everyone else that's listening, yeah, we're finally all heading down FMI, right? FMI is the Super Bowl of manufacturers meeting with their retail partners, their customers. We get to do it face-to-face, and we get to work with each other, focusing on the needs to make this the very best partnership experience. So let's talk about some specific areas that'll be really relevant to those conversations that you're going to be having down at FMI. Harris, I'll pass it over to you if you can share your thoughts. Yeah, thanks, Paul and Matt. As I think about what is top of mind to our customers, the consumer packaged goods manufacturers, what they tell me over and over again is we've got a growth agenda within the company and we've got to maximize that growth opportunity. And as such, revenue growth management surfaces to the top as one of the top three items that we hear over and over again. Clearly, supply chain agility is one that's at the top too. But given the fact that the commercial teams, the customer development teams are meeting with their key retail partners, what they're most interested in is how we grow sales together. And so revenue growth management is one of the key items that we are focused on and we see and hear the industry focusing on today, both on the retail and the manufacturer side. From a manufacturer's perspective, revenue growth management can take a number of forms. It incorporates price, promotion, product, placement, the key attributes that are important to selling in a retail environment. And it's one thing to plan and manage your promotions much the same as you've done in the past. And that may get you good results. It may not get you good results. In today's world, What we see our customers really focusing on is how do I put in place, first and foremost, 
that right trade promotion management platform to allow me to manage my customer business plans and the promotional activities associated with that to maximize revenue within a particular category or set of promoted product groups. But since today's world has changed and the pandemic has really highlighted this, we know that there are multiple channels that consumers buy from and buy through. So as manufacturers and retailers, we're needing to take a more holistic view of the overall revenue growth opportunity. So do I put the money just in promotional activities or do I take a look at holistically, if I've got $50,000 to spend, you know, where should I spend it? Should I spend it in store brick and mortar? Or should I look at other channels, whether it's a digital media channel, a loyalty program, a retail media channel, an e-com channel, a direct-to-consumer channel to maximize the revenue for both partners? And that's what we see um, as top of mind to how to maximize the opportunity and optimize the growth levers, pull the right levers and constraints to make the most of what we've got. We really don't see promotional dollars you know, being cut back. What we see companies wanting to do is take those same dollars and supercharge their spend. So that's at a top line. Probably told you more than you want to know, Paul, but um, be interested in your thoughts on this as well. Yeah, Harris, let's face it. In the last couple of years, technology has grown so fast faster in the last couple of years than it has in the last 50 years. And if I'm a manufacturer meeting with my retailer, like I did for 25 years before I joined SAP, I need to understand what that really means. And I, I need to understand what it means for my company being the manufacturer. And I need to know what that means for my customer. So I need to have a better understanding of this technology before I step foot in front of my, my retail partner. I need to understand what the impact is to my business from a margin and a growth standpoint as it tracks with what I'm committing to Wall Street or committing to my shareholders or my, my owners of the company. And if I understand that and understand what my commitment is to those areas, I will have better confidence and be able to go in and speak with my retailer and back up the things that I'm asking them to do. And that's going to be introducing new items. It's going to be marketing, like you mentioned, Harrison, in more of a digital fashion. It's going to be understanding different routes to market to help them drive their business, which ultimately drives my business as a manufacturer. But I've got to be able to back that up. And the companies, the manufacturers that are walking into these meetings, selling their new products and new ideas and their commitments on being able to supply those with the resilient and agile supply chain, I'm going to be the one that gets the confidence from the retailers and I'm going to pick up the ads in the space and be the preferred partner. So that's why it's so important to have that education prior to those meetings or have it together when, you know, when you're down there and that's what we're offering and proposing. And that's why Harris and I go to these conferences as we're advisors and we've been there on both sides and we can bring those conversations together. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. That relationship that happens between the manufacturer and the retailer, it feels, especially in today's world, with the way that some of those lines might be blurring, really brings questions to me about how to navigate some key areas of that relationship, especially in the space of direct-to-consumer possibilities. Harris, I'd be curious if you have any insights on how manufacturers are navigating those conversations when, of course, we want to maximize the output and the throughput of the retail partner. 
but also make sure that we take advantage of that other channel as our customers are starting to demand that from us directly. Any thoughts on that in particular? Good question. First and foremost, let's talk it from a manufacturer's point of view. I need to be able to support multiple routes to market. And one of the elephants in the room is I may have my own D2C site. And as we've seen over the last couple of years, manufacturers with their own direct-to-consumer sites have exploded. One of the primary reasons they've exploded is, A, they needed to get their products into consumers' hands if customers won't go into the store. So that was really important. But the other element is they wanted that first-party relationship with consumers. So they had greater, greater visibility about the consumer and what his or her preferences were, desires, wishes from a product set, which gave them feedback back in the new product innovation like Paul was talking about. So that's point one. The second is marketplaces. They've got to be able to support that, whether they've got great systems to ensure they have an on-time and full relationship to get the products from their DCs into the marketplaces DCs within the 24 to 48 hours that the service level agreements demand. Or if they're, and we see this more and more, are becoming fulfillment arms of the marketplaces. And so manufacturer actually has to be set up to do that. They've got to be able to ship in eaches versus cases and pallets and have the systems to be able to support that and logistics network to be able to support that as well. And now we're coming to the retail side. And so how do they work with retail? So clearly retailers have their own fulfillment arms as well, you know, click and collect, curbside pickup, delivery, whatever the mode is. So as a manufacturer, we want to have the right in-stock positions with the retailers as well. So the products and goods can be able to be offered to the consumer, you know, when they do order through the retail channels. Promotional activities happen often as well. So we need to be able to promote through the digital channels, through the online channels, through the retail media channels. And so that opens up the different areas of opportunity. Yeah, thank you, Harris. The management of all of the elements that you just spoke to, it just sounds like a lot. And it ties into how is the latest technology informing this and streamlining these flows to ensure that there's visibility, obviously, to all the different channels. There's some level of measurement of the effectiveness of how all of those fit together. And then it's almost what are we seeing that the best-in-class businesses are doing today to ensure that they're able to leverage all of those tools in a way that maximizes results. And so maybe, Paul, over to you on that tie-in of technology. Great point. So now we're talking about where the rubber meets the road. Depending on my role, whether I'm a key account manager or a route salesman or a marketing manager or I run a sales organization, I'm going to have tools available to me to tie that directly into my pricing models, directly into my promotional models, into my discussions with the retailers on what's the most economical way to get that product to the shelf at the right price. And then what can I actually market to the best of our abilities as a combined manufacturer and retailer to provide the best experience for my consumer? Technology has made huge strides in the last two years to make all this stuff interconnected and usable. One thing I would add on is if we have really good planning and we can predict the consumer demand and forecast it for that particular retailer, feed that into the demand planning systems, which then feeds into our supply chain planning systems, including manufacturing, that will ensure we have a on-time and full opportunity with our retail partners. And I think that's really important. 
because the demand's going to change so quickly, whether it's inflation, maybe it's a logistics issue, supply chain issue in terms of transportation. Seems to be happening quite a bit around the world right now. It really gives you the ability to be agile and resilient to meet consumer demands, no matter what the situation may throw you. Providing that visibility end-to-end is an opportunity technology offers you. You're right on. That's a great way to summarize it and to really bring it into the what's tangible to execute. And, and that's what this is about, being able to execute on your promise. One other category I wanted to check into was just the state of customer data and getting that unified data. What are we seeing, Harris, related to how manufacturers are ensuring they have what they need from a technology standpoint to make sure they're maximizing those potentials? What we're hearing from CPG manufacturers is they want to have a direct first-party relationship with consumers. They want to have a permission to market to them. And in order to do that, you have to have a customer data platform that allows you to manage the consumer relationships in a very process-oriented way. Have the right provisions around it and the right GDPR permissions and everything else associated with it. But more importantly, to be able to segment your consumers based on their preferences so that you can provide them the solutions and offers that they want. And it's also a great way to innovate on new products. And that same platform could also be used not just for consumers, but for customers. And think about marketing in the food service world as an example. Being able to identify bars, restaurants, hospitals, hotels, prisons, schools, that may want specific products and meet certain profiles. Safe platform allows you to do that. So really important to have a, a really good customer data platform in place to interact with your consumers and your customers. Yeah, thank you so much, Harris. Paul, could you speak just in the last little bit here about improving margins? What are the ways that technology is really helping in those areas as an event like FMI, where these conversations are having? What is it that technology can provide to ensure that the margins are maximized? Yeah, that's a great question, Matt. And I'm going to just end this on a pretty simple area of opportunity you've got to be able to automate claims and deductions, right? That That's always been a very manual process. It's been a process that hasn't been improved very readily, but now we've we've seen and we have accomplished ways to automate claims and deductions to where you're getting very, very specific results. And it's driving margins for everyone because it's all automated and it can be done quickly at a very low cost. So at the end of the day, we've talked about a lot of big ideas, but this idea here is simple. It works and it drives an automated process to drive margin specifically when it comes to all the trade spend that we're all spending every year, right? We're talking about that at FMI. Thanks so much, Paul. And... Thank you both so much for sharing your ideas with the audience today. Any final words before we close out the episode? I think the final word I would say is excited about the road ahead, excited about the advancements and capabilities to improve the manufacturer-retailer relationship, excited about seeing everyone at midwinter. I feel the same way, guys. I mean, I can't wait to see everyone in person. I think the years to come, specifically this year, we're going to look back on this as the good old days because there's so much opportunity 
I'm seeing strong organic growth in the industry again, which we haven't seen for many years. And when you have organic growth on top of new product introductions, it's a really fun business. So let's have some fun doing it. Thank you, Paul and Harris. In this podcast episode, we walked through a number of key focus areas for 2022 in consumer products. To take the conversation deeper, connect with SAP experts at FMI Midwinter or visit the related websites both listed in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to sharing again with you in the future.